been a star of their season tonight. He showed the world what he could do. My God, a question. An extra gear for the freshman. Touchdown. And the freshman is off. Foot race. <laughs> They're looking at shoe bottoms and nothing else. Into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Future Freshman Podcast. Welcome to episode 22. And uh, I, I was told that I don't introduce myself enough. I get right to my guests, but my guests are so amazing. So that's why I do it. But I'm Brandon. You can find me at CFF University. But tonight, I finally have completed the Infinity Stones. I have the second half of the Back to Debbie team, Mr. Mike Valerie. Mike, welcome to the Future Freshman Podcast, sir. Thank you for having me. And if I was the Infinity Stone, I would be the Reality Stone because I I bring I bring everyone down to reality here. Not everyone's going to be a stud. I hate to say it, but it does, it's not for everybody. Yep. Well, the good thing is you and Corey have always kept it real when it comes to that, regardless if it's on Back to Debbie, which is a sweet, sweet intro that's still stuck in my head always to this day. And of course, the realest takes that you could probably get in the space. You guys don't hold punches and I got I love it. And you guys debate and actually go back and forth. So it really is like an excellent podcast to kind of get your thoughts out there and to hear both perspectives. So I really do enjoy the Back to Debbie one. I'm not a big Debbie guy myself. I'm more, you know, the CFF landscape, but I do like to compare and contrast. So it's always good just to validate some things I have in my head. And then to hear you two talk about it, it, it helps out quite a bit. So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. So today we're going to be talking about the conference that we did last week, the SEC, but we're going to get into the running backs and the wide receivers. First, of course, let's go ahead and do some housekeeping, Mike, real quick. Of course, you can find all our stuff over at campusdecan.com. Articles, tools, guides, and different memberships in IL tier. Also one of my favorites and so, so much more. Um, Mike, the Debbie Guide's been out for a hot minute now. You guys had some time to rest. Do you got a quick reflection on the Debbie Guide? And what's your thoughts overall in the process this year versus uh, last year when you when you're helped out? There's always like a guy that you miss and you just hate that. So that's my one reflection is always like, I, I'm, I'm a negative thinker. So I'm always like, what did we do wrong? What did we miss wrong? But anyway, we missed like writing about Michael Pratt, for example, who I do think has Debbie potential. But I, I love the Debbie guide. Last year, we knocked out a park with the wide receivers. Our two tier one guys got drafted. Uh, Will Levis was a tier five guy for us day two. And then and then um, the guy from Tennessee, Hennon Hooker, also was like a tier four guy for us. So day two as well. So we really knocked out of the park last year. It, it's, it's an awesome guide and it's player profiles. There's just so many people in the space to talk about programs that it's nice to see a player analysis. So I really like that a lot. It's not just helmet scouting. So I really do like the breakdown of the players. Yeah, so please, if you haven't already, go check it out. If you're an IL member, you should already have it. It should be in the email if you haven't seen it already. Also, I'd be remiss to not remind people the CFF guide is less than a month away, so definitely go check that out. I believe pre-orders are going to be available if they're not already. So please go check the website and check that out as well. Another fun announcement is that recently that we have paired with Home Field Apparel, which is freaking fantastic. Uh, Mike, I'm going to be super broke with all this vintage Tar Heel stuff that I'm going to be wearing pretty soon. Um, so I'm pretty stoked. So you can get 10% off. Uh, and use the promo code C2C. So that's homefieldapparel.com. Sweet retro style. Uh, I think even Austin was talking about his sweet, like, blueberry sweatpants or something like that that he got on one of the teams or, or something like that. So. Hey, you know he lives in those sweatpants at home. You know he does. Oh, dude. He goes full on. <laughs> he probably has, like, a scarf, too, that's blue, too. So when he goes on his yacht, it's just full blue. And he probably has yeah. blue carpets in there, too, to just match it. He wears, like, a suit top in the meetings, but sweatpants on the bottom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so please go check out Homefield Apparel. We're super excited. Um, 
needs to say a lot of us have spent a lot of our extra time and money at that website, especially uh, one Mr. Chris K and Ethan Sowers. They are uh, they'll get a new drop like every month, so now they can save some money. So you save ten percent with the home field as well. But we're going to be talking about the main stuff: SEC conferences, running backs, and wide receivers. I brought Mike on because I wanted to talk about one a conference that he's familiar with. He is a Kentucky fan. For those that are full transparency that didn't know, but he'll give us a little insight on that one. We'll ask him about Kentucky a little bit later after we talk about some of these guys as well. But we want to talk about the guys that you know just missed the cream of the crop, but is very highly rated, and see where they line up. Are they going to be okay in Debbie? Can we trust in MCFF? I got a recent draft that we have a little comparison, so we're going to find out. But first, let's start with Mr. One, Jeremiah Cobb. He's an on-three consensus, 93.53 on uh, on three. He is a four-star commit. He committed to Auburn. So what they said recently is that he rushed for over 2,000 yards as a sophomore, uh, but he wasn't satisfied. In fact, Mr. Cobb has continued to transform his body, so he played at 165. Um, and uh, and he's uh, he played like he hit people at, like at 200 or something. So now at 185, they said that he actually still hits like he's 205. So um, the good thing about Cobb is that he gets a good uh, – a decent comparison, something that, that was at least decent in fantasy, and that was one Shane Vereen that went round two to your New England Patriots, which I thought was an interesting uh, incident comparison. So he said it's a compact frame. He's a, he has a decent runner, versatility as a pass catcher, that they remind him of uh, Vereen, plus the whole the sub-11 seconds as far as the 100-meter, both in high school. So they both have very similar build and speed to go on with as well. So um, before we talk about you know where he went recently in CFF drafts and stuff like that, tell me, your thoughts in general, as far as Debbie perspective, what you thought about him when you guys looked at him, like what, what do you see in Jeremiah Cobb that could be interesting, I guess, for us to kind of take as a take back. Yeah. So I, I, I always box score scout to start off. I like to have some sort of expectations to watch him. So you said he had 2000 yards as a sophomore. He beat, he had 2000 yards three years in a row varsity for all four years, which you love to see that it's Alabama, decent competition. It's not Florida, Texas or California, but like Alabama is like still up there, you know? Um, I was a little disappointed watching him. Uh, this is obviously an open backfield. He's 5'11", 185. Uh, we know from a study from Chris Mosca that running backs gain an average of 12.5 pounds in college. This is Auburn. They have a great weight program there. Um, but he's already like maybe, maybe not hitting that 200 threshold that we like to see. I like to see 205 personally. But 200 is usually the number now. Uh, he had speed. But as far as like vision goes, a lot of his stuff was winning around the edge. Like he would just find the edge, find the hole, and just hit it as fast as he could. And that was how he won. Like, I didn't really think he had – I thought his vision behind the line was a little bit shaky, but I didn't think he was an excellent runner down the middle either. Like, there's not a lot of power in his game, which I didn't really expect with his weight. But, it, again, it's a lot of him trying to be slippery and uh, trying – not like bouncing off defenders, but, like, you know what I'm saying, like wiggling out of it. Yeah. So, um, But this this is, like, a really good opportunity, though. I mean – who knows what happens to Jarquez Hunter? Tomorrow, uh, Alston's there. But yeah, Alston's there. Uh, Brian Beatty's there. So I think really the competition is between him and Beatty. Yeah. Would you be surprised that recently in the CFF draft, he actually went all the way down to round 12 and picked nine in a dynasty, which is pretty interesting. So considering that now that Hunter's out of the way, do you think it's the 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 blurriness there of not knowing if Hunter's ever going to come back or, you know, the, the battle, do you think it's the profile or do you think uh, no one just, no one really likes Auburn running backs as much anymore? What's your, what's your thoughts there? <laughs> yeah. I, there's the future of the program is definitely in question. Um, 
True. I don't do enough CFF drafts. I did one. I did one, Brandon. Let me tell you my experience with this. Dude, well, I didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was aggressive. I was sweating. I was like, I'm just going to go full Pac-12 here. Pac-12 feels like a really oh, good pick. Yeah. Pac-12 at night is fun. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> pick 12, though, in a dynasty, I, I don't really know. Can you tell me guys to go around that spot? Like other guys, like the two guys in front, two guys behind? I, I don't have it up, but it like, okay, um, okay. so for example, uh, I have uh, like my one of my big fish small pond is uh, going to be like Darrell Robinson from UNC Charlotte. Clearly CFF guy, right? But I could get him at a value because I only brought him up a few weeks ago. So, I mean, people were asking about him. Luckily, I grabbed him a few rounds beforehand. But like <laughs> I'd rather take the chance on a UNC Charlotte running back versus the running back out of Auburn, if that makes any sense, but that's CFF no, for you, right? Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking for a G five, like opportunity versus almost like, you know, do I have to wait three years for Cobb to even remotely get like the start, if that makes sense. So it's like, that's, that's kind of people you see, or you're going to see like the wide receivers in range. So then you got to start seeing guys like, you know, the other quarterbacks like uh kind Holtz and you're going to see like mm-hmm. Holstein and you know, those guys longer guys that are in, good systems but like they might not play or they might transfer so you're looking for like guys like that if that makes sense too so yeah, that's yeah, kind of what good. you're seeing around 12. so i i think auburn for this year it's gonna be damari down the middle i think Beatty probably is the pass catching lightning in a bottle type of guy here but this is what jeremiah jeremiah cobb's role is is to also be lightning in a bottle so he has to be Beatty for that role like that's the role he's gonna play in this offense and then at the next level i'm like best case scenario um Probably a pass catching back in the NFL, but I really yeah, don't like to bet on those guys. They're so hard to predict. They're a lot harder to predict than people like you would talk about. You know, um, yeah, like uh, who was the Missouri running back? A uh, little bit smaller guy last year. Oh, Tyler, was it Tyler Beatty before he went to the yes. NFL? Yeah, and he Dude, was like, bad. you know, so good. He's like, yeah, he was like a top three like passing back for everyone, you know. But like, right. you know, oh, no. haven't heard of people in the NFL. Hasn't Isn't he like practice team now in Baltimore or something with like the Ravens? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of hard to predict. Technically. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to predict these passing backs too, but yeah. it, that's that's going to be his role. I think that's the trajectory he's on. So I'm not really. I used to have him at like the very bottom of my tier three for debut freshman. I moved him down to tier four. Okay, so let's. So now that you know CFF, tell me about Debbie. Like on a draft, like are you willing to take him at value? Or are you really like this guy you're not reaching for? So what are we talking about? Like round wise, like what are you comfortable? And is he a clogger and you're looking to move him or find like maybe the Auburn fan in the, in the draft or something like that? Like what's yeah. your take with Cobb? I'm absolutely trying to get him off my roster. If I have him, um, yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a mock draft right now for Debbie. I think he's still okay. on the board. I think we're in the ninth round. Okay. Um, if it was going to go to like round 10, I don't think I would touch him. I, yeah, I really don't. I'm sorry. I don't think I would. I just, uh, yeah. We'd rather someone else take that chance. I just I don't think it's there. No, yeah. That's interesting because all of a sudden, like, even when talking to Corey like a few episodes ago, it's like almost like Debbie and CFF are starting to mirror each other a little bit, which is crazy because you're looking at NFL upside. But, like, no, at this point you're like, well, if there is no NFL's upside, well, we might as well just be drafting for CFF because that's what it comes down to. So it's almost like they're starting to mirror each other, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, and then I – I, I get a little offended when UCFF guys are like, production doesn't matter for Debbie. It matters. It matters to a point. I'm sure it know? makes a difference, yes. Especially yeah. for P5 guys, for sure. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not trying to hate. Like like I said, you know, good old Scott Fish has been a decent friend of mine for years and stuff like that. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm all for the Debbie community. I just don't personally play because I'd rather just separate my dynasties and I don't, you know, and I know that makes C2C people not as happy with me, but it's like I like to separate because I don't. C- CFF to me feels like 
it feels like redraft like every single year like it's it's new rosters every year it's so hard to predict who's on the depth charts and so much moving mm-hmm. pieces like i know like last year uh mike williams was expected to be the next buffalo running back after jared patterson like went off for right. all those yards and all of a sudden he's like a nobody and i felt like that yeah. storyline was uh copy and pasted quite a bit across the nfl like, the wire server one here was yeah. disappointing and the rb1 that's supposed to replace this guy's disappointing so yeah the, what you guys do is insane uh, yeah, there's a lot of turnover. Our dynasty leagues uh, half the time look completely like 50% different by the time we actually get to the next season and stuff like that. Whether it's trades, dropping people, uh, IR, all that fun waiver wire stuff as well. But take a look at Jeremiah Cobb. If you're a guy that wants to wait on him, he could give you some production Auburn. We're just telling you it's not first 10 rounds. Don't even worry about it. And in fact, see, I like to play the game of let's see how far he can drop before you can take him. So you just saw mm-hmm. round 12. So let's see if we could go to round 13, maybe, but in both Debbie and CFF. So that's what we're saying. He's got talent, but he, you know, he's in a questionable situation now. And at the highest, he could be a Shane Green is what we're saying. So, I mean, that's not terrible if you can get him, especially if they take him around two. I mean, that moves up quite a bit of stock there in Debbie. So take a look at Jeremiah Cobb. But now we're going to talk about, unless you had any last thoughts on Mr. Mercer. I was just going to say, he does have NFL speed. So I, I can't say he doesn't have traits. I just wanted to say something positive about him. So if you go sub 11 uh, seconds in a hundred meter, I'm, I'm interested. You know, yeah. definitely am. Let's just hope he just transfers to a G5 to make it easier on all of us. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about a guy that's actually pretty popular. It's because of the running back room that's there, and that's, of course, Mr. Kedrick Riscano. Did I say that right? Or Riscano? What do you uh, prefer? I say Riscano, but I think Riscano? I'm not really – we'll find out this year when the announcers are saying say, Like Someone's going to find the proper pronouncement, or I'll just – you know, Austin will hit me up in the Slack DMs and tell me. So, Oh, does he do that for you too? Um, sometimes with okay. like Nico, like we just call him Nico now and I just let him or Jared pronounce it because they're <laughs> the best at it. Right. So like for me, like I just, uh, I definitely just, uh, was like, yo, Nico at Tennessee, you know who I'm talking about. And then, yeah. just keep going, right. <laughs> so I might have to do that for Kedrick, but, uh, Mr. Riscano there is an on three consensus 93.53 as well. He is a four star prospect. He did commit to Ole Miss and Ole Miss is pretty popular. And that's because of a good old Mr. Bruning's boy, Mr. Quinshawn Jenkins blowing up into the scene as well. We all thought Zach Evans was going to be a problem. He was not. In fact, he just wanted to rest those sweet, sweet legs to go that many rounds later in the NFL draft. So congratulations to you, Mr. Zach Evans. You're not even the real Zach Evans. My favorite is the one in Minnesota by chance. That's my guy. Um, but let's talk about Mr. Kedrick as four. So he's five, ten and a half. Cause they put the 0.5 in there. So we got to talk about that. He's 190 it pounds. Matters. Yeah. The half, the half does matter. And then he is compact. He's strong. What I saw lateral agility, um, great athleticism as well. One of the best run, uh, running backs as far as contact that I saw. So he is not afraid to hit you in the face, which I love as far as an old school running back as well. He does add versatility as a pass catcher, um, out of the backfield. He turned in a strong sen- uh, senior season. I know if you had that with you, but at 1,849 yards, 8.3 yards per carry, which is one of my favorites, just like my favorite big fish, small pond, Mr. Damien Henderson heading to Colorado state. He did like 10 per carry or something like that. So if you can be efficient like that, I'm interested, especially with 31 touchdowns, but he also had 249 receiving yards. So definitely if you're in a PPR, this is what we're looking for as far as additional uh, points that we could have as well. So would you like to hear what he went in CFF or do you want to tell me about him, Debbie? And then we can kind of compare and contrast as far as rounds. Cause I think this is a much nicer situation than Mr. Cobb. I actually want to hear where he went in CFF. You're up. Yep. 
So we actually went round four, pick seven, so which I thought was really good. I was actually expecting a little bit higher, but somehow, uh, you know, we do have supplemental guys, so it's not just all freshmen that were drafted in CFF in a dynasty. So guys like Shador Sanders and all those guys are getting picked up in like second and third and stuff like that. So we did get pushed down to the fourth, but had it just been a pure freshman draft, I think he'd probably been like into second, probably in the third, I want to say. Okay. So, I mean, he's, he's it's pretty good, and people are excited because like especially – I. I want to say the guy that got him is the is the Judkins owner. So I think he's just looking to have his ducks in a row, if that makes sense. But actually, that's pretty smart if you think about it, especially if you're drafting long term. Um, so tell me what you think about him and Debbie. Did we hit on a lot of stuff as far as how he hits with contact and catches out of the backfield? What else do you got on Mr. Riscano? We'll try to keep saying it right. He's also returning kicks for touchdowns, too. I mean, I uh, like that. Oh, I mean, that shows a lot of open field vision there. Um, that means no, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Um, 21.0 miles per hour. So he's a fast runner. Um, all three of these running backs we're going to talk about here today have all, they're all within 0.03. Uh, okay. as far as uh, miles per hour, second, yeah, seconds, no seconds for, um, the hundred meter dash. Like they're all oh, in the same like category. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, speedster, um, he was also elite in the triple jump. He was second in the state. The whole state of Texas oh. at the triple jump. So he is a confirmed athlete. Yes. Um, confirmed. And yeah, I do like him as a runner too, because I, I feel like you see a trend nowadays, at least like the last like five years. A lot of these kids are upright runners running around the edge, winning with pure athleticism. And you just talked about old school runners. You don't really see that too much. Like uh, I joked around with Corey behind stage one time talking about how it just feels dumb calling like, you know, these power backs. Oh, he runs a good pad level. Like you kind of have to. And it used to be like, well, duh, of course yeah. they do. They all do at the NFL level. Yeah. But that's just but now, not, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, not so much. But Reese Connell, though, he does run down the middle. And he has phenomenal contact balance. I really do like his like quick movement too. He has like a really good jab step. He's elusive in the open field, but he can also win with speed around the edge. So I think he showcases like a lot of a lot of versatility, but like high-end versatility. He's not just gonna be a great yeah. collegiate athlete. I think he's actually like a, a true Debbie guy. He's a top eight RB for me, and I Love the I love the vision. And you talked about his stiff arms. Um, the small things like he, like you know, it's he does the small things good too. Like it's he's not just winning the athleticism. We know we talk about like singleton and he's winning just pure athleticism. I mean, he's just a freak right. athlete, but right. he has even the like the little nuanced stuff, like he looks good even on like the little micro stuff he does. Yeah. So tell me about um drafting wise. Like what is um here, we'll give his pro his pair of comparison is Kenneth Walker the third. So round two, Seattle is where, of course, Mr. KW3 went. Now it's looking a little bit sus with all these extra running backs in the Seattle room. <laughs> yeah. so, uh Kenneth Walker's still an absolute beast. They that reminds him of the build, the burst, and outstanding contact balance. So KW3, when he I, I saw a little bit, yeah, definitely at Wake Forest, but he didn't really get to show it out until he went to Michigan State. So but the explosive athleticism, the ability to bounce off tackles at a high rate is what they really saw between Walker and Riscano that they thought was like a perfect pairing as far as pro comparison. What do you think about that? Do you think it's like a, um, a decent match there? Or do you think uh, he might be a little bit higher end than KW3? I mean, round two is pretty good for a running back these days, I'd say, especially in the NFL. Yeah, you definitely need to be an elite guy to go round two. Um, it's definitely just a devalued position. I, I think right. I didn't mind the comparison at first, but I thought – Reese kind of offered more in the contact balance department. And I thought KW3 was one of the best open field runners I've seen in a long yeah. time. I thought that was like his thing. He just needs to get to the second level and then he's deadly. Um, so I think Reese kind of offers more in the short area and just not as much in the open field. So you think second level, he's a tad touch slower than probably Kenneth Walker is what you're thinking. 
Or you yeah. think maybe in time as he's in college, that could probably improve, right? I think he can improve that. Yeah. I, I definitely think there's NFL potential. I definitely like am projecting him. I mean, obviously we're three years out, but I, I am currently projecting him to be a, a day two guy. And this dude came in at 190. I'm expecting like by the time he hits pros, like 210. Oh, gotta he's be 210 on Ole Miss's website right now. Oh, well, then we don't. Sorry. Well, on three, you need to get to stepping because you're behind, <laughs> sirs, ma'ams, whoever that's doing as well. Um, that makes me extra happy. So, yeah. So let's talk about this because it's the elephant in the room. Does he take away from Junkins at all this year? Or do you think this is a secession thing? Let Junkins run free for a year, maybe another. I think what he's got, this is his true sophomore year. So technically he would have to have one more year. So what do you think? Or do you think Riscano is like, let me just um, return kicks or kick returns or something like that. What's your thoughts as far as how they're going to be used? Because, you know, Zach Evans just didn't want to be used. So that was easier for them to do. But sounds like Riscano is ready to, ready to do some work. So. Yeah, that's the frustration because Cobb has all the opportunity and Reese Connell does right. not and have the opportunity. Yeah, whereas Reese Connell went, he would have destroyed oh. Auburn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I I think he can win the RB2 job like pretty early. Uh, it's yeah. currently Ulysses Bentley, the third. The, no one, third. even a CFF, fourth? he was like a CFS star. No one cares about him anymore. I'll be honest with you. Like he's, yeah. he's a scrub now. <laughs> so. and I think he had like 16 attempts for like 70 yards and that was like his whole yeah. input. I don't know if he was hurt, but that was his only input last year. So I, I think Reese Connell can win the pass catching <laughs> role. Yeah, he can he can get some running this year. I really do think that, but he is not gonna beat Judkins. He's gotta relieve Judkins, right? Like Judkins gotta at least take like a breather, right? Maybe a Gatorade break, maybe a bathroom break or something. Like maybe know, right? maybe next year Judkins takes a page out of Felix's book and it's just like I've done enough here. I got my Yeah, it's like now. just draft me now. I'll just wait, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Debbie drafts. Where's Riscano? He's gotta be pretty high, right? In this mock draft, he was forgotten. I actually just DM'd Austin oh, no. if I could switch him for ADP data purposes. I don't want to skew okay. our data. Because uh, I would have taken him in the fifth, and we totally forgot about him, and then he scooped him up in the seventh. So that's that's oh, our bad. No. That's going to mess up ADP. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and, but in, in the – I'm doing a live draft right now. He went in the early third there, and I thought I, thought I would have taken him late second personally. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I think like second's good. And this is where like I think Debbie, he just shows so much potential for like a really high end NFL back that he's worth jumping up a few spots where and like if you're doing a I don't know, do you guys do supplemental with your Debbie as well, or is it just clearly just Debbie and that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I we well, we are Debbie's show, but we focus on like campus to can Debbie because if you're just doing a okay. actual Debbie show, you're talking about fifty names and it's the same fifty guys yeah. and each yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I so, feel you. So yeah, that makes so more sense. Like we took the supplemental out in CFF, we're looking at almost nearly the same thing again. Once again, mirroring one another. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I want want to know one thing too. Lane Kiffing like goes to high school games to recruit guys that are like on his yeah. board. So he went in person to Judkins, and I believe there was a report out that he also uh, watched Reese Connell in person too. So. Okay. I kind of like that and respect that the coach wasn't just like, yeah, we'll sign him because he's a four star. Like he actually got eyes on him. I was like, this is a guy. I know a lot of people like are hit and miss on Lane Kiffin. I'm a big fan of Kiffin and his running backs. I mean, there's a reason why even Devin Singleton to this day is making money because of FAU and Lane Kiffin in that time there. Like, if it wasn't for Kiffin, I don't think Singletary would have had the opportunity to shine like he did and had all that production, getting him to Buffalo and now into Houston, which a little less in, you know opportunity. But still, he's still getting paid, right? He got his second contract. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, I mean, he, he's succeeded, you know? He was also like undersized too, like uh, compared to like expectations, G5 running backs like just don't make it in the NFL, but he's made like he's been a top 24 guy like twice. It might be the back end of top 24, but he made it twice. It's, he made it. Yeah. yeah. 
And so he's been killing it. Um, I do want to say this. We talked about it earlier in the show or before the show. Um, mm-hmm. Ole Miss is moving to a run first offense here. I mean, we you know we're not really impressed yeah. with their wide receivers. Uh, Jackson Dart that just got there. I'll I'll say Zakari Franklin's the only one I'm really interested in. But like, right. do we trust Jackson Dart? That's still a question. Yeah, you know, and we're asking this question like two years in a row. I think we know the answer. No one just wants to say it out yeah. loud. But do we really want Spencer Sanders too? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, but we trust that run game. We trust that run we game. We do. I'll take so. Judkins kind of all day. Like, I don't want anything happening to Judkins because he's literally going like round one and redraft. And of course, if you're taking a dynasty startup, he's going round one as well in the CFF. So he's like the CFF darling now that he's busted out on the scene. But Viscano's going to take some. I just don't think, I think it'll be more than 16 carries. He's got to go at least, what, double that, if not almost get to what? I would say like if through the year, he'd probably get way more than like 50 carries, I want to say. But the rest is going to Jenkins, right? Yeah, like 50, 50 to 80. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be like a, a good 70%. To thirty percent, I'm thinking basically is what I'm, what my gut tells me now. Now that's nothing. I, I haven't really dug into Ole Miss and how they divvy up carries and stuff with Kiffin, but Kiffin likes to ride his boy. So like if he's got one that's got a hot hand, he'll just play him. Same yeah. thing happened to Singletary. Same things happened to Jenkins. So it's kind of just you know that's the Lane Kiffin way. So definitely if you got Riscano, he's worth picking up for sure. So definitely go grab him. Uh, if you're in Debbie, grab him high. If you're in CFF, got a nice sweet spot right now around third or fourth round. So if you can remember him maybe ahead of time, or if you got an extra spot in the second round or got a couple of new picks up in the front, grab him because he's worth it for sure. So go check him out. Let's talk about the next guy. And, of course, this guy is heading to Arkansas. This is Mr. Isaiah, Isaiah Augustive, and he is an on-three consensus 90.45, four-star there. Like I said, he's heading to the Arkansas as well. He's 6'2", 193 pounds. I don't know if you checked the Arkansas site. He might be over 200 at this point, but he's a big boy. 6'3", is a very high, so... What they wrote on on three is that he's tall with slightly plus length. Um, he's lean, athletic build. He's got good muscle and mass, uh, but he does have space to continue to add the bulk. And you and me, Mike, we're the the workout guys with maybe Felix mixed in there. I see him flipping those tires. So I know he's doing as well. So yeah. we understand like you got to hit the cleans. You got to make sure that you're doing your your deadlifts. We got to make sure we're hitting our squats, man. We got to be doing the stuff and we got to be eating, especially in bulk season. Make sure you bulk well, guys, and don't be lazy about it either. Um so after adding all that frame, I think that could be pretty uh, enticing, especially for Mr. Augustive. Um, that he does flash top in uh, the long ball. So when he gets out in the open, that's where he kind of transcends a little bit more. He did also average 8.7 uh, yards per carry as a junior, and he had a big playability is what they said. So when he did get a hole, he took off, and he, he wouldn't have been uh, caught anywhere as well. So um, they said he's above average contact, so not as good, I'd say, as Riscano, but they said it was decent. Um, but he um, – he has a higher center of gravity, so because of that he has a higher gait. So he does need to get – they said he's bounce happy, which means he needs to learn to just plant and go basically a little bit better, right? Um, it also means that he needs to be able to protect the ball because they're going to be trying to punch it out because of the higher gait because he can't get lower like some of these 5'10 guys, right? So what's your thoughts on – there's no pro comparison, so if you got one for me, I'm interested. But what's your thoughts on Augustus? What's your thoughts on him going to Arkansas and choosing that? Because we do have an opportunity after next year for an open field there in Arkansas. I'm a little worried. I know there's some bigger fans there at Campus Can than me. Uh, he's so he's six foot two on their website, two hundred five. There um, we go. There he looks six foot two to me too. So I, I think that's pretty accurate. He definitely is yeah. tall. Um, the strength and conditioning coach at Arkansas though came from Georgia. He was a Georgia strength strength and conditioning coach not last mm-hmm. year. I think the year before that for three years. So I think I think he'll put on the weight. Like no big deal about that. Mm-hmm. I'm a little worried about the production profile. I mean, he's been pretty limited work. 
uh, this last season, 110 carries for 1,061 yards and 11 touchdowns, only three games over 100 yards. Um, he's a very upright guy, like very heavy with the stiff arms, but he is not lowering those pads. Like he is not trying to like showcase too much power. He's definitely has on his tape, but like, I don't know if that would translate to the sec. I think he needs to be more refined and taught that more in driving his feet. He is the fastest guy in this list though. 21.7 miles per hour in the open field. Um, yeah. Spoken. Yeah. Uh, in a verified four, five, two forty, by the way, as well too. So, you know, he's okay. got speed. Yeah, so he's got speed. He's going to test well at the combine for that, too. Uh, my other concern, too, he didn't have a single reception on his profile for high school. He has one reception his sophomore too. year for negative two yards. So I don't know. Yeah. If, so basically, a, yeah, hands is something he's going to need to uh, – because if you're trying to take rocket spot, good luck. You better be catching out of the basket. KJ's going to have to dump it off. Well, not KJ, but whoever, whether it's Singleton yeah. we talked about last week or my boy Jacoby, if he takes over, someone's got to get a dump off, right? Yeah, so I, I'm worried about one if he even can catch. And then as a runner, I, you know, he's fast. He went around the edge a lot. I thought his vision was fine too. I just, I like power, dude. I mean, for a workhorse running back, I think power is the number one trait you need to have. And I didn't really see a lot of that. Um, yeah. So I am worried about that. But NFL traits, uh, absolutely. He definitely has the speed, but, um, and the frame. And I'm confident he'll fill out that frame. But, I'm just I am worried. That's that's my whole analysis on on Isaiah Augustov. I gotcha. So in Dynasty, they did go decently, honestly. It was round six, pick eleven, which I thought was pretty good, which means someone has faith that he is the in fact rocket replacement. I didn't really I you know, I'm not the guy to like slide in the DMs like, hey, why'd you why'd you take him? What was your thoughts and stuff like that? I, maybe I should, maybe I should just get more feedback or something after drafts or something like that. But they are my opponents in in the actual real life so it's just like you know i don't want to dig too deep because they're like what are you trying to get at what do you want i'm just like honestly i'm here for for data that's it so <laughs> um but augusta went round six pick 11 where do you see him going in debbie most in time where's it where's he falling or is he just falling is he is he dipping like is he is he dipping out he's clearly forgotten about in this other oh, mock draft we're doing he's still on the board we're in the ninth round um but i, I usually see him go in the seventh the, like the fifth to seventh range um and okay. then in my actual C to C draft, I believe he's still available and we're just starting the fifth. So, but I think he'll go pretty soon. Um, yeah, I think so, that's where maybe the, the Debbie and CFF split because it's like you guys, you know, you're looking at like, is he really going to be able to like next level? And we're like, oh, look at the opportunity in Arkansas next year. So I think that's why he's, you know, almost like covered in certain aspects in some, some people versus others. And I think that's where the split is coming from is like some people see opportunity where the others looking at the talent alone. And that's where the debate is happening basically. Yeah. I think my co-host getting to me. I think I'm starting to become a Rashad Dominion fan. Like I'm like, it's probably okay. might be his job next year. It might be. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only reason why he didn't go in the same round as like Riscano and stuff like that. Like, because some, at least maybe someone saw, you know, maybe he's not a guarantee or a book in to come in just because he's a higher four star. Doesn't mean that he automatically gets the shot after rocket. So, um, so that's, that's a Augusta. Any last thoughts on him before we move on? Good, sir. Nope, that's all. All right, so let's talk about wide receivers now. And that's the guy that actually was brought up on Campus Life recently, which I thought was pretty cool because I got this sweet graphic of Mr. Shelton Sampson Jr. hanging out and looking in his LSU garb. On three consensus, 94.81. He is a high four-star as well. Um, Shelton Sampson has seen a lot of success, especially in high school. So he played a key role in helping his team win state championship at junior and sophomore, and they finished as a runner-up there in his freshman season. So I didn't get a chance to see senior. So if you have senior stats, I'm interested. Um, but 
His pro comparison is that of Josh Doxson, uh, who used to play at TCU, round one to Washington, but we all saw how that finished. Needless to say, one of the bigger busts in uh, Dynasty uh, history. We also talk about one Laquan Treadwell, who I believe was also in that same draft. So, <laughs> needless to say, maybe it was that draft class. I'm not sure, but we all swung and missed, Mike. It was uh, hard times and disappointments for all, but uh, I like Samson. It's just... Um, Man, I don't know about opportunity. He's got a lot of studs at LSU to compete with, man. What's your thoughts on Samson? What do you think about the fit at LSU? Yeah, oh, he's, he's up, a, by the way, six three and a half, 190 pounds. I don't know if he's gotten better on LSU site. So six three, one eighty seven on LSU site. So oh, he's not he needs to eat more. Same area. Uh, but his senior stats, 79 receptions for 1,152 yards and 18 touchdowns. Um also, just this is just kind of funny, but also on his profile, they wrote that he's teammates with offensive lineman John Emery from high school. Oh. <laughs> they called him a lineman on the website. He was lineman, even though he was clearly that one. Running so back, I wonder yeah. if he followed Emery there. Let's just hope things don't happen the way of the day. Yeah, let's hope they're not hanging out anymore. All right, let's, yeah, um, but he, he was a tough eval for me. Uh, Shelton Sampson was... Like he's he's 21 miles per hour, and he's one of the more alpha-sized guys in this class. I just think he glides through offenses really well. His release package was um, – he takes way too long. Like, chops his feet, and he just gets it going. But I, I'm like, you need to go faster than that, man. Like, I need you to, like, get off this line a little faster than that. So I, I, I feel like he's got the concept. I just need him to execute it better. Um, and then he has really good deceleration. Like, he's very great in a straight line. And then uh, I think he's also, like – I thought this guy was going to be a phenomenal like straight line athlete, but I went back to watch film and I was like, maybe, maybe he's a possession guy. And I was thinking maybe that's, that's what like his role is going to be like a big, a big possession guy. Um, thought he has really good, like body control, has some good acrobatic catches out there on the sidelines. Um, but he, he was, he was tough for me. I don't think LSU is as clogged as the CFF. I'm really quick to write guys off. So I don't think Chris Hilton's really that maybe. special or, yeah. um, Who's the other guy that was debated with? It was Malik Neighbors, Chris Hill, and there was like a third grade. Brian Thomas. Brian Thomas? Uh, yeah, but even though I'm I'm not big on Thomas, but some guys are like, ah, oh, he's he's wide receiver three. Like, there's no way Samson can ever take him. But but I've seen like really good one-handed moves by Samson. Like, I feel like yeah. he was given the opportunity, he could shine. Like, this is like the same university as Odell Beckham Jr. with the one hands. We just had uh Boutte, who if he wasn't a knucklehead, you know, he would have been drafted way higher. But hey, he fell to New England, right? So you guys got a secret weapon in the work, right? Very well, I'm very excited for that. Okay, I'm so excited as a Patriots fan. First off, okay. we're, we're done with Matt Patricia. We're excited Ohio. about that. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then we don't have wide receivers, though. But I'm I'm really hoping that this guy works. I and mean, we have there's opportunity there. Well, We'll see. But also speaking of of LSU wide receivers, he has a verified four three four three nine forty. You know how LSU is always in those four three nines every single combine, with the exception yeah. of neighbors, but or yeah. not neighbors, excuse me, the exception of Boutte. So he has that going for him. But um, no, I I, I do think Samson has a path to get on the field here early. He didn't. He wasn't here in the spring, so there's no news about him at all whatsoever. But I'm I'm not scared because Aaron Anderson, who was a year one zero for Alabama, couldn't get on the field, comes over to LSU. Um, Brian Kelly comes in. So all these guys that have not really shined yet, those aren't his guys. He has zero loyalty to them. Like Sheldon Sampson, I think is his first real recruit coming in. So I, I'm, I'm on board for Sheldon Sampson. I know, like, I know nobody in our space has like said he's like a top five guy. No one is. Um, I think a lot of us have him as like maybe a late like top ten, maybe an early like top fifteen. But okay. like it, it feels like that feels a like good value too. I, I like him, dude. I really do like him. 
it was just such a hard eval. He just glides through defenses. I think he can be a possession guy. It, it was a hard eval for me. They say he's got sticky fingers, like good ball skills, like, and he's tall, right? So he's going to tower like half of the cornerbacks. Just depends. Like SEC, maybe not so much, but like if he goes up against like a G5 or he plays the ACC where defense is limited, um, basically he could just kind of just grab right over the top, right? So I feel like he's he's at least a red zone threat, right? If he gives the opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then that's what, um, and honestly, that's kind of what Doxon was there at TCU as well. Um, so as far as, um, so as far as CFF, like he goes, he went round six, pick five, which I thought was pretty decent, which means like someone's thinking like someone's getting out of the way or neighbors is going to go to the NFL. You know, there's going to be a chance for an alpha basically is what, that's what I'm thinking. That's why round six, pick five, which I thought was good. Um, but you said Debbie wise, you said, where, where is he kind of falling? You said he dropped tier two or do you think he's still kind of right on up there? Oh, he's he's a late tier two for me, but I've always wanted to move him up. I just can't. I just I'm waiting for one good news in the spring, and then maybe I'll blow it up. But I'm yeah. seeing him going in the third and the fourth round pretty consistently here. Sweet. So this is where the the NFL prospect is kind of shining a little bit more than may possibly the opportunity as far as starting right away. Um, so what's your thoughts on? Uh, did you get a chance to hear where Austin and Colin were talking about? He might be a, a year one zero. Do you think that's a thing, or do you think like he somehow? can catch enough basically to uh overcome the dreaded zero that we don't really like like one aaron anderson that's on the team already it's tough i made Corey do an exercise like early winter because there's like <laughs> there's like 15 to 17 guys that beat the mold out of like you know usually it's like 45 to 50 so like you have a one-third right. chance but out of the top 20 usually you get 10 guys and i was like dude pick out 10 of these guys not to make it yeah. um so and Samson was a tough one. I remember that back in the day. So I, I think it's definitely possible, but I don't know. I'm like talking myself into him because I'm looking at the depth chart. and I'm like, I don't know who else is there besides neighbors. Yeah. I mean, other than neighbors, I mean, you have this, uh, you know, incoming uh, class. So you have a uh, Brown there too, but Brown's going to play a completely different role because of his size and stature and stuff like that. So it's like Brown and Samson, I think they're like the next up, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't be surprised if Samson, at least like, bowl game and then we'll probably see him next year right so like if he can at least get on and maybe like someone goes down injury you never know or we could have a booty situation where one of these guys do something silly and then he's you know and he gets the opportunity right him or him or brown's probably gonna be the guys that are gonna be the next ones up anyway i don't i don't know they might go for aaron anderson but you know you just it depends on what spot goes down and what what position so yeah. uh he still has a chance for for not going zero for the first year but it's still it's going to be up in there. If anything, we can see him in the bowl, kind of like an Andre Green Jr. type situation. So it's like just wait till the end of the year. You can see what he's capable of. And then <laughs> just hope that he doesn't get transferred over or and or, you know, picked up by another five star that they're going to grab probably next year. too. So uh, And then if anyone is a fan of the NFL bloodlines, I am not. But if anyone does think oh, yeah, bloodlines yeah. matters, uh, father was a running back in Northwestern back in 02 to yeah. 05. So. So, I mean, like, he's got athleticism there, but uh, definitely more lengthier. I'm glad he's not a running back because he would just the, – the ball would just bounce right out. People would be punching that thing out left and right. So, I'm glad you're a wide receiver, Mr. Sampson Jr. Yeah. Good good on you, sir. So, let's talk about the next guy up. Sweet picture if you're watching on YouTube, Mr. Aiden Williams, on through consensus 94.70. Uh, he's a four-star committed to Ole Miss as well. Once again, another Ole Miss makes an appearance. Like we were talking about, Zachary Franklin, really the only one I'm interested in, at least this year so far. I mean, there might be a few others. Well, what's his name? Uh, Williams, who transferred, I believe, from USC. I think when they're CJ Williams, I want to say. Did he go to Ole yes, Miss? Yes. 
Yeah. So he'd be the only one I'd remotely be interested as far as like a wide receiver too. However, recently we've seen. Oh wait, movie. wait. I'm sorry. I got a bad. CJ Williams went to uh, Wisconsin. Okay, sorry. I'm thinking yeah, about. Was, there's another. It was rumored there, I think, at one point in time, but they were they were rumored for everybody. Ole Miss was like shooting their Maybe shot. It was, um, no, it was what's his name that got uh, kicked out for the knucklehead one. What's his name that we? Chris one Marshall. Was Chris Marshall. Yeah. Marshall. Rest yeah. in peace to your value, Mr. Marshall. You, you dodo head. Um, but maybe Aiden Williams might have a shot to possibly do something. However, how many receptions and stuff like that, we don't we don't really know. So um, he's he is 6'3, he's 190 pounds. So they say he's very close as far as size, as far as Shelton Sampson, uh, junior there. They say he's physically developed, which is great as a catcher. He, they say he's got some smooth route runs. So I think he might beg to differ a little bit as well. Um, but he's uh, he was highly productive on the Friday nights that he did. So he did for 1,256 yards and 15 touchdowns on 69 catches there. Um, they said he's a technical receiver who separates with a change of direction within his routes. They say he's got good feet. Uh, Mike, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'll have to get your comparison here in just a second. Uh, he has not shown the top end long speed, though. The, that's what they're saying is that uh, he struggles to accelerate off of the line. Basically, they said he does have good ball skills, kind of like Samson, where he can just throw it in his facility, he can pull it down, um, but not doesn't have overly long arms either. So his catch radius is limited versus Samson having a much larger radius where he can kind of throw it maybe seven feet over the 6'3 and stuff like that. And Samson can pull it down, whereas Williams, maybe not so much. You only, only have like a 6'5 or so radius to kind of throw it in. So no pro comparison. But I want your thoughts because I think you and Corey and the guys there in the debut team saw a little bit different than Aiden Williams, and uh, we, we need to discuss. So what are your thoughts, Mr. Williams, in heading to Ole Miss? Yeah, so I'm not too impressed. I think this is a year one zero. Um, I think I just think he lacks traits. I'm a big traits guy. When it comes to, like, freshmen, uh, I want to see traits. But, you know, his top miles per hour is 19.2 miles per hour. You're thinking that's not bad. But, like, on an NFL level, that's not great. Um, so I don't think he's a great athlete. And then watching him play, like it's Mississippi football. It's not. It's not Florida. It's not Alabama. It's not. He's not playing like these other high end recruits the way the Florida and the Texas and the California kids right. are constantly playing at the highest level. So he's playing against pretty low level high school, and it, he clearly, like, when he separated, it wasn't like he pulled away that fast either. And that's that would really like irks me. If I'm gonna watch a guy um, play a terrible competition. I wanted to be dunking on him. Like I wanted to be like Chris Culliver from like North Carolina, like North Carolina like, yeah, just, yeah. Like, dunking yeah. on people. Um, so I, I, I don't see traits. I love the opportunity. Ole Miss does have a really good history of, of guys getting, like, I don't know how Mingo did it, but they have a really good history of guys getting drafted and being successful yeah. in the NFL. They do have the pedigree. Um, yeah. But I, and they've been collecting one four star the last three years. And each of those four stars have just done nothing. And I think Aiden Williams is going to add to that legacy. Yeah. So he's the next one up to clog that sweet, sweet roster action. Maybe a, maybe a guy on the move, maybe a transfer target. Maybe, maybe we might see him at a little less, little drop down in school or something like that. Yeah, Southern I miss. think Williams in the ACC would be pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that would be good hit power five, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, as far as, being drafted he did go uh he went round nine pick eight so he actually was uh ahead of who was it i would think it was uh it was Cobb. so i mean like Aiden williams got taken in the cff draft only because ole miss you know, someone's looking for the jonathan mingo replacement right so they're trying to get him they went round nine pick eight so let's compare that to Devi. is he even being looked at in Devi, or is he like um you know mirror mirror complexion is what we're talking about i haven't seen him get picked up yet and like a 10 rounder. So okay. it sounds like I, I don't consider him much for Debbie here. He wasn't like a tier three guy for me. So um, 
I think like people are plugging him on the back of the like in the 15 round draft for like C to C's. I think he's game drafted, yeah. but not like he's not like a top 10 round type of guy. Yeah, he's a spray and pray type situation where yeah, people look at him and they're like, well, he's a four star going to an SEC school. So, right. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the same thing. Like all of us will grab uh, like Richard Young, all from Alabama, just hoping that they just get their time in the, in the sun to run and basically be yeah. the Alabama running back like McClellan. Right. So that's kind of like the same thing. Like, all right, he's a wide receiver. He's going to Ole Miss. There's there's a track record there. Let me see what the situation got. here. I don't know about the player. And that's that's like right. So the player is not matching the pedigree is what we're saying. Just yeah. in frankly, in, in the nice way of going about it as well. So um so, yeah, I said no pro comparison or anything like that. So it sounds like as far as in Debbie Aiden, uh, he can just grab him and just, you know, hope that he lands in maybe a different spot or goes from there. But in CFF, it looks like you have to take him the first 10 rounds because people are thinking maybe he might be a wide receiver too because, honestly, other than yeah. Zakari Franklin that just showed up to campus, by the way, um, which he'll, he'll need to, you know, He'll need the summer, but it won't take Franklin wrong. He is a stud. Um, I don't care if it was UTSA or not. Uh, Franklin's got a lot of good, good tools as a wide receiver. So I think he'll be the alpha, but they need they, they need a wide receiver too. So they're thinking maybe this is the guy. So just keep that in mind if you're in CFF. And if you're in Debbie, hey, man, like take a shot maybe. Maybe it might be worth it. If not, you know, there's always next year. We just grab somebody else. Absolutely. Any last words before we talk about one of your boys? Nope, let's move on. All right, man. Let's talk about some Kentucky. Let's talk about Mr. Shamar Porter. So on three consists 90.63, four star heading to Kentucky. So he is 6'3, 200 pounds. I don't know, Mike. I just, I don't know. SEC loves 6'3 guys over 200 pounds, which is pretty sweet as well. Um, they said that he's one of the more physically gifted wide receivers in the 23 cycle. He's got the big frame, long arms, and top end speed. They said he is a physical wide out and he does look to attack the football, which means he's not afraid to at least to, uh, you know, do contact or maybe play the, uh, we call it the hands game with the cornerback, you know, fighting for position to try to get up and get the pass. And then most of it's going to get called for an interference more than likely, but Hey, that's just the uh, football we live in these days. Right. Um, right. but he does flash good body control and range, which means that he can pull the uh, football to his numbers if he needs to as well. Um, they did get some, uh, they said he ran 22.90 seconds in the 200 meter and he did jump for, it looks like 43.03 feet on. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's getting up there, man. So they said he's one of the, uh, he can separate from more of the twitcher corner. So they said that at least he can be a mismatch basically. Um, toolsy player and has all the physical traits at the next level is what they said. And he has a big body X receiver. So basically he's just a big guy. Here's the issue. And I want to get yours because you're the Kentucky guy. They got two studs at wide receiver already. One being a bigger guy, Mr. Dan Key, who you'd like to uh, use as trade bait, I heard. And then yeah. also <laughs> you got Barry and Brown, who I think is this next stud up. And I think that's going to be the Devin Leary uh, wide receiver combo that we kind of were looking for. Um, so what's your thoughts on Porter and how does he fit your your uh, Kentucky and your team, man? Uh, so we talked about Porter as an athlete. Like he's 21.1 miles prize with our recruiting team has him now. So he's got burners. A 4.05 shuttle, like confirmed. That's a really fast shuttle. So that would say that he has good lateral agility. I don't really think I saw that on film. He seemed to be more of a straight line guy, a little bit stiff in the hips for me. Um, and then I'm a little bit worried about his vertical ability. Like these jump balls, like he's not jumping that high. And I'm over here like, you, you are a confirmed athlete on paper. Yeah, like, I need you to see how you're not. Yeah. yeah. Like get up, and then uh, I believe I want to say his father's his personal trainer, so I know he stays in shape. Like he definitely like like working out is a big thing for him. Like I don't have to worry about him eating too many cheeseburgers and just Eddie lacing on us, you know. Oh um, man, 
It's a good <laughs> cheeseburgers in Wisconsin, man. That cheese is legit. Yeah. And I, I'd be I'd be watching a lot of Kentucky players. I, I like our program, you know. It's definitely going in the right direction. Um, there was no improvement for Shamar Porter from like junior to senior year. Like the tape looked copy and cut paste yeah. the same thing. So I didn't really like that. Uh production standpoint, 32 receptions for 557 yards, but 10 touchdowns on 32 receptions. Okay. So Oh, definitely zone, a red yeah. zone threat. Yeah. Uh, I saw some good body control stuff. I did think he had really good hands too. I just, I really couldn't believe how he wasn't jumping high enough. It really wasn't, it was blowing my mind. I really couldn't understand why. So, uh, but he, he is an alpha. I think that's going to be his role. He won't be developed into a very good route runner. So we're looking at him being the jump ball guy and, and that's going to be his calling card. And that's why I have him down here in my notes. Um, I also like, as far as a guy that's six foot three, two hundred, playing against, uh, I want to say Tennessee. I want to say he's a Tennessee recruit. Tennessee competition. I thought there was kind of a little bit lack of dog. Like I would have liked to see a guy that big, like bully some kids over. I saw him do some blocking plays, but as far as like a yak threat, I thought he could have uh, needs a little bit of refinement as a runner with the ball in his hands. Little minor stuff, but uh, yeah. So I, I like Shamar Porter. Um, Kentucky just recently got rid of. I shouldn't say got rid of. A lot of guys transferred out. I don't know. Like, did you see all those guys transfer out? A lot of them went to Colorado. I didn't get a chance to, but yeah, it sounds like most of them are heading over to Coach Prime, right? There was a like a handful, like three or four of them went to Coach Prime, and then like a handful went to G five. I mean, our our depth chart was already kind of lacking talent. It's even lacking more talent. So he definitely has opportunity. Uh, you just named off like Dan Key. I think I think Shamar Porter. Could he play the other side? Like, could we move Barry into a slot and let him just eat? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what are your Tavion thoughts Robinson's on like, Robinson's there, though. Ready, you know? Well, yeah, you're true. the CFF guy, Tavian Robinson. He, like, he's he has yeah. a role, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, clearly. I mean, Tavian Robinson, I mean, he's the, the – just because it's Brown and, and Key, man, everyone's just, like, super hyper-focused on them, right? So it's like now all of a sudden, you know, you got homeboy, like, going third. So – we're seeing like Shamar's like the uh the you know like the hockey like he's just the sub in he's, he's just like the wide receiver four that moves around depending on who needs a water break or Gatorade break right I, I think so and I say as a prospect I liked his profile a lot more than Dane Key coming out as like yeah. high schoolers but Dane Key's already yeah. been productive and he showed us what he's got like we know what he is we know what he's going to be so there's Kentucky staff like are they going to roll the dice I'm trying to say Shamar Porter might be better I don't know I don't think they would um so. Yeah, I, I like him. I think he can be the four. Like I think he can win the wide receiver four position by the end of the season. Um, and mm-hmm. then opportunity should be there. But as far as like what he's gonna develop to for Devi, like this is a long shot. This is a long shot. Surprisingly, it mirrors because in CFF in a 16 round, he went undrafted. So he is free to pick up on waivers, which I thought was and I want to get your take because I think it's a Kentucky thing. It's like everyone, like I said, focused on Brown and, and Key. But it's like, you know, everyone almost misses out on Kentucky. They don't, they're looking for the running back. They're looking – now they're like, okay, who's the transfer? And let me go get Leary, you know. But, like, no one focuses past the two guys on there as well. So do you think it's just forgotten talent that's around there? Or do you think it's more just uh, maybe because he didn't progress maybe from junior, senior year, maybe just needs a, a wide receiver, a, you know, wide receiver zero year to just kind of figure it out at the freshman level, you know? Well, I don't know. I – we get Liam Cohen back at OC, and he actually recruited him. Uh, so I, I want to say he has some sort of set high, right? for him. Yeah, it might have some set like packages for him. So I kind of like I like that the OC was involved in his recruitment. So um, that's tough, dude. It, this is tough. I don't know. You need 
you need a new guest to answer that question. I can't answer that one. <laughs> I was just going to keep asking him every single week. Now I was playing with it. I won't, I won't mess with that. <laughs> but what we're saying is that Shamar Porter's got the talent. He just needs the opportunity to shine. But he sounds like he's kind of free to pick up. I mean, Debbie, you might have to like get yeah, him in is. the later rounds to take the stab at him, right? But in CFF, we're talking about a guy that you could pick up and just literally sit. And the good thing is most of the dynasties that we play, like, man, we got like 50 players deep. So it's just like, and that's per team. It's like a 14-team league. Like, that's the great thing about CFB versus NFL. There's no freaking way we'd ever have close to 50 players in an NFL dynasty unless you're just like the copy where you copy-paste the players or whatever. Yeah. We don't, we don't play that game here in CFP, man. So uh, what I'm saying is, man, Porter could be a sneaky pickup. And like I said, he's, God forbid, one injury away or, you know, just could be like maybe maybe Robson doesn't. You know, I mean, Robson's quick and twitchy. Like he reminds me of Wandale. So I'm just kind of like he's got to be used for something, man. So that's why I don't want to count out. Uh, don't want to count out Tavon just yet, man. Like I feel like he's still wide receiver three and can be like maybe some sweep things. I think like maybe like Kentucky might have a few things for us. Maybe like do you think uh, – the coaching staff could do something like that where they maybe use them like a little Debo action or something like that. Or do you think it's a, uh, I was thinking, just down the field? I was thinking like, um, not jet sweeps, but, uh, screens. I, I could see like a one to two screens for him here and there. Yeah. I, he's just, yeah, he's just super raw, but on paper, he is a top tier athlete. I know our recruiting team writes, uh, their own freak list. That's actually where I remember first thing his name was on that freak list. And I was like, Whoa, yeah, he's going to Kentucky. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I could see that. I could see some, like some Jarrell Farouk. Yeah, I, I can see some of that Debo type usage there. There you go. All right, so before we talk about Big Fish Small Pond, since we're on the top of Kentucky, just want to get your thoughts, you know, as uh, the CFF listeners and the Debbie listeners that are combining to listen in, what's your overall thoughts on the offense? What do you think about the defense? How you guys stack up with SEC? We had uh, Andrew Katz, who was a Georgia guy last year, and he was talking about, like, Kentucky seems to be, like, level-headed. I mean, as you as a fan, you can maybe confirm or deny, but, like, Kentucky doesn't have, like, crazy expectations, like, national championship or SEC championship or bust. But it seems like you guys are projecting there, which is, like, I like to see. I like to see progress. So what do you think about the offense? Who are the – and we've talked about some of the key pieces, but, you know, let's uh maybe hype our boy Ray Davis up a little bit, you know, going there as well. Got him <laughs> on one of my dynasty rosters, so I'm excited to play him this year. So tell me about Kentucky and your thoughts this year going into the 2033-2024 season, man. Yeah, so they've definitely beefed up that O-line this offseason. They brought in, I want to say four transfers. There's two early, one from NIU, one from Alabama. They brought in um, one of the linemen from USC. His name's escaping me. But they also brought in a D2 guy that was looking to make the yeah. jump up. So they've invested a lot in that offensive line. So that should get better. Obviously, I think Leary's a better thrower than Will Levis and a much better processor. So I'm excited about Love that. Yeah. Because they have a lot of athletes. If they want to, if they can, Liam Cohen, who's you know came from the Rams, an NFL OC, well, came from us to the Rams, came back. But like, it makes you feel good that Sean McVay looked at Kentucky and was like, this guy's got potential. Right. So if Liam Cohen can just scheme our ultra athletes, as in Barry and Brown, Shamar Perz a great athlete too. Like just scheme them open, let them just create on their own. Like, I think that's that's gonna be a really good offense. This might be as far as passing offenses go, the most fun Kentucky's had in like twenty years, like since Tim Couch probably. Um, this is yeah. This is probably the most I've felt like it's it, it's worth grabbing Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? Like not just yeah. Brown, not just like Levis. Like last year, like I'm interested in Key. I'm interested in Davis. I feel like 
you know, we play a little DFS. I could feel like a good Kentucky stack against like a, a lesser opponent would be good time to win some money. You know, like I'm actually yeah. excited about playing like a lot more Kentucky players, man. I thought that's really, I, I'm, I'm digging it, man. Like you guys are on the up and up, but how, how far do you feel like, do you think SE championship anytime or is it because Georgia and, you know, Alabama, you're just like, maybe one of these days they'll be the fall from grace. We already seen like, you know, the ongoing joke, Georgia's down bad. Cause you know, they can't control their players and all kinds of crazy stuff. Do you feel like, there might be a change of the guard or do you think this is Georgia and Alabama still, you know, with maybe some sprinkled Tennessee or something like that sprinkling. It's Georgia, Alabama. I don't know if you can ever recruit like that. Like we're a transfer portal destination school, like not, right. not, not destination. Sorry. And that's the issue too. Cause I, I don't know if you've ever been to Kentucky, but Lexington's beautiful. I mean, the horse races, the, it's a small city, but you want to go out to the country. It's a 10 minute drive. And you can hike the right. mountains, you know, it's, I actually love Lexington, Kentucky, but everyone here is Kentucky, and they're like, oh, you're talking about rednecks and stuff, and it's like, it's not. Central Kentucky is not that. It's, it's a really nice also place. For basketball, just like the Tar Hills are known for basketball, so it's like we always yeah. have that stigma of like, what's your real favorite sport? But honestly, the football team's pretty good, and they're like, yeah, okay. I mean, national championships, they want is like, don't worry about that, but hey, check out that <laughs> basketball championships that yeah. team. It's crazy. Uh, we actually have a lot more cheerleading championships. There are like 26 or 27 of those. Wow, I did not know. Yeah. That's a good. Fun yeah, fact. we're a cheerleading school. No one knows that, but <laughs> dude, man, they should be on that uh that documentary on Netflix or whatever it's called. Instead of doing the the JUCO, it should be just all Kentucky. That'd be dope. Um, but, no, but man, I'm for Kentucky, man. I think we are on the up. I think we're like a seven eight win team. I don't think we're going to the SEC championship, but I I think we're a, we're going to a bowl game. We always go to a bowl game, but I, I feel like we're gonna be a lot better than last year. I'm just stoked, man. I'm I'm happy for you, man. I know it's like it's, it's better years nowadays versus the you know maybe the past decade wasn't as, as nice to you, basically. I, so. I can't wait, and then I'll be like depressed once Devin Leary goes, and, and I gotta stress out now about the next transfer portal cycle. I will say, you know, just wait until everyone hits the portal, and then just play um you know play craps or the shoot, just roll the dice and just see which one you're gonna pick up because that's basically um, what's happening. So hopefully we can get some Ohio State hand me downs like those. Guys That'd be good. Cool. I mean, I would love Kind Holt to Kentucky. That would make me happy because Kind Holt can ball. Um, shoot, I'll take Devin Brown too. Heck yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, man. You ready to talk about some big fish, small pond? Let's get away from the SEC. Let's talk about a little AAC. And I think we might have found the Caden pre-scoring replacements. So let's talk about one Mr. Christian Ross. He's an on-three consensus, 84.97. He is a three-star. He did commit to Memphis. And this is where I give a little bit of the actual, you know, little uh, tease there as well. So measurement 6'4", 225 pounds. Uh, that's on, on three. Who's to know that if he goes to Memphis, he's probably already at 235 and probably climbing as well. He's from Midland City, Alabama. So he is an Alabama kid. He played Dale County High School. He played three positions, Mike. He played wide receiver. He played tight end. And he played defensive end. So he was nice and physical as well. Accolades, of course, he's a three-sport athlete. He played football, basketball, and baseball, which I like to see because in baseball, I think me and Katz were talking about last year, just the hand-eye coordination and being able to kind of – Figure it out on the fly is really good. Well, in his junior season, he had 30 receptions for 478 yards, three touchdowns, but also had 53 tackles on defense. So he was an absolute stud. And then I wanted to show you the offers. So this is where he actually had some decent ones and then some that would have been probably a lot even more fun because it's like, you know, the ones that we like. My favorite one would have been Western Kentucky because they're in desperate need after uh, rest in peace Joshua Simon heading over to <laughs> South Carolina and competing with one Mr. Trey Knox. But he did commit to Memphis, but uh, he was also really heavily recruited by Ole Miss. So he almost went to Ole Miss. That would have been scary because, like, we got way too much of a traffic jam at tight end there with Trigg and Priest Gorn, who just left Memphis. 
did go to Troy. He did Mississippi State. Of course, he taught Ole Miss. Liberty would have been pretty cool. We talked about one, Mr. Reese Mooney, who might take over there. That would have been a sweet one-two combo. Arkansas State, I think, is also in need of a new tight end as well. Vandy would have been a sweet, like, lower-tier SEC school. That would have been pretty cool to got to get in with. Coastal, uh, when Chadwell leaving, not as much of a fan, but there used to be, like, Isaiah Likely and the likes right there. And Coastal thought it was a good spot. Army Western Kentucky would have been pretty sweet, not going to lie, especially in that system. Tulane and Middle Tennessee State. So, Mike, seeing that he's a three-sport athlete, 6'4", bigger boy, but he is a three-star, so he had there as well. But I see a lot of comparisons to just a super athlete that just got overlooked, and he came in a little bit later. So, like, he was playing all three sports, so maybe people were freaked out that maybe he might not pick just one sport or something like that. But Memphis, I think, is a sweet lane spot because of the opportunity. So what do you think so far? Just just the rundown real quick about Ross and a fit at Memphis. What are your thoughts there? If if Army's offering, he must be a decent blocker, right? <laughs> so Right. You have to block yeah. the good Army. Yeah. I, 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 I don't hate it. I hate tight ends as a position because they're just so unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I don't hate it, though. Memphis always has, as far as, like, G5 offenses go, they seem to be pretty robust and pretty reliable every single year. They're mm-hmm. going to produce something somewhere. So, I definitely don't hate it for sure. I don't like uh, freshman tight ends though. Like that's pretty rare for them to pop off, right? Like 300 yards is like kind of like a good year. That's why I only pick one a year when I do my, uh, and this is my guy. So do you get the blessing of seeing my first tight end for the pick for the year? Probably my only one because I'm usually a lot better about hitting on the running backs and especially like the wide receivers. But I did hit on RJ Maryland last year. He was my guy that I picked. And so it was SMU, and I just saw the the pedigree. This one I'm taking a little bit more shot on, but it's the three sport and the way that, uh, I did get a chance, but he did, you know, he tested well, even if not being an actual track. But the other three and being able to do it, hand-eye coordination, hands, skills, stuff like that. And then just the fact that he's 6'4", and he just needs to, like, grow into more size and get a little bit beefier. Like, he looks a little thin in the picture here if you're on YouTube, but he's still got some good definition. Like, he's got the muscles and stuff like that. He just needs to add some more size, right? So, I mean, that could be pretty good, especially at a Memphis and AAC level where, like, I mean, you're going to smash on my boys at ECU, you know, things like that. Like, it's, it's going to be, you know, slim pickings to stop this dude. So, I, I do like it, though. And I, I do like I, – I love perusing the athletic category because there's yeah. – I feel like they get discounted because they're not picking a position yet, you know. So, mm-hmm. I, I do I do actually love the athletes. I really do. So, I, I actually like this. You got my you got my blessing on this one. I like this. All one. right. So let's say, so you heard it for first. May never hear this guy ever in a little conversation for Debbie, but who's to say that he might not show up on maybe a waiver or a supplemental or something like that down the road? If I do that, then I'll, my heart will be happy, basically. So, <laughs> but Mike, I want to thank you for coming on today, brother. Um, I know you're like a, you know, you, the Debbie guy's gone, so you've had time to kind of relax and stuff like that. First, tell them where they can find you on Twitter. And then do you got anything cool that you're working on? Maybe an article you got circulating? Or are you just making the podcast rounds and just saying hello? What, what have you got going on recently, man? I am currently making the podcast rounds. I am writing the Mike's Misfits. It keeps getting referenced a lot. I think that they're really good late round. Because you get to a, a C2C draft and someone's always like, well, what's a late round guy that might have Debbie potential? And that's literally what the Misfits are. Like you shouldn't be taking those guys with serious draft capital because they're, I mean, they're long shots but they have some sort of traits or something about them that I think is worth noting and worth talking about. But I'm writing that article because um, this is draft season. So hopefully I don't drag my feet on it. Um, and then uh, that's really it. I'm trying to relax. Uh, you know, it was, it was hot Debbie spring and now it's, now it's just chill out CFF summer. So. Summer, baby. Yeah, CFF summer. <laughs> there you go. CFF so. summer and seasons, man. Seasons. 
Uh, tell them where they can find you on Twitter, man. Uh, yours is probably one of my favorite Twitter handles too. So absolutely, it's <laughs> ff underscore dirty Mike. I used to go by Dirty Mike in the Boyds because I liked Tyler Boyd. Thought he was a great yeah. possession receiver. Um, but you know, uh, I went to the Senior Bowl, showing my face a lot, so I probably should just use my real name instead of an alias. So yeah, just if they don't like the Dirty Mike reference, then you know, shame on them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks again for coming to the show. Once again, I'm Brandon Sanders. You can find me at CFF University, and we will see you in the next week. Peace.